Good morning. How's everybody today? That's pretty sad. How's everybody doing today? That was a little bit better. We'll try a little bit later. Uh, today, I'm excited because we are in part 22 of the series, The Gospel of John. And we're continuing it Wednesday night, so make sure you're here Wednesdays. But for the next four Sundays, this is how we're going to conclude uh, this series on John in the next four Sundays. So my challenge for you in the month of uh, March is to read the book of John. And then if you've missed any of these, they're all online. They're on the podca- on a podcast app, Spotify, all that stuff. And then you can watch them on YouTube and all those good things. So today, we're talking about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Before we get to that, I, I heard this story this week about a gentleman who went to his doctor. And the doctor comes and he's like, I've got bad news for you. You've got... You have cancer. And the only way for you to get through this is to do treatment and for your house to be spotless without any germs and for you to have three good meals a day. He's, the doctor's telling, he, he brings in the wife later separately and tells her this. And the wife comes out to her husband and said, you're going to die. Because I am not doing that. That's too much. Have you ever seen a need that someone has and you could probably meet it, but in your head you're like, or with your action you're like, I'm not doing that. You're like, I'm not going to admit it, Pastor Landon. Or... That's beneath me. I think we all have, right? We've all seen someone in need or seen something that we could do, but not met that need. And today, that's kind of what we're going to talk about, because we have Jesus, who is constantly shocking us with what we read in the Gospel of John, isn't he? Constantly The woman at the well who we see is from a different culture, and in that culture, Jewish men didn't speak with Samaritan women, and he showed up there in the middle of the day and told her everything about her, and she made the decision to follow the Lord, and guess what? Her whole area heard about Jesus, and many came to him. Why? Because he's different He has these amazing acts of love and kindness, and he serves, he forgives sinners, he heals the sick, he touched the man with leprosy, he hung out with sinners, he crossed every barrier that you could imagine. That's Jesus. And as Christ followers, what are we supposed to do? Imitate him, it says in Ephesians 5. To be more like him. And so here is the first part of, of John 13, the first, ver- first and second verses. It says, it was just before the Passover festival. Now we're getting close to the cross. 
John is kind of sometimes a little, like, it's hard to understand where we're at in the story of the Gospels, but this is what some say, this is the day before Jesus went to the cross. So it says, just before Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to to betray, betray Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you that you are going to speak to our hearts and minds today through it. Lord, let me just be a vessel. Let it not be about me, but about you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. So we have this amazing meeting of the disciples and possibly some of Jesus' closest friends. Maybe Mary. Maybe Martha was there. Maybe Lazarus was there. And all of these people are gathering together. And the next day... Jesus would be tortured and then hung on a cross for you and for me. I don't know about you, but when you talk to someone or see someone when it's coming to the end of their life or it's coming to the end of their visit with you and they're going back home, you start talking about the important things, don't you? They start teaching, maybe they teach you something. Maybe it's a parent or a grandparent. And they say, remember this one thing. I believe this is that moment. Remember this one thing. According to Luke's gospel, arguments were happening among the disciples about who was the greatest. Right? You have John, he's like, I am loved by Jesus. I'm important. Right? Then you have Peter, like, I walked on water. And Timothy's like, you walked like two steps, bro. (laughs) And Bartholomew is like, and then the other disciples are like, no one will remember that Bartholomew was a disciple. Some of you did, and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about Bartholomew. But we have this argument arise among the disciples. Who's the greatest? Matthew 23, 11 to 13. Look at this. Jesus says, the greatest among you will be your, what? For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Amen? We could use this sermon today. Right? Like, oh, I know who needs this sermon today, Pastor Landon. Washington. The White House. No, guess who needs this sermon today? Me. I need this sermon today. You need this sermon today. Amen? 
Jesus looks around the room and sees proud hearts and dirty feet. Now, in that culture, they didn't have whatever these are, timber, timberlands. They, don't, they, don't, they didn't have those shoes. They didn't have Air Jordans. They had sandals. And every, mostly everywhere they went was on these dirty roads. And what would happen when they would get somewhere to eat, the lowest servant in the house, it would be their job to wash those people's feet. So when someone comes over to your house right now, when they come in, do you offer them a cup of water? We really need some work on you people here. Oh my goodness. Guys, I've been here seven years. Like, come on. What do we have in the foyer when you first come in? You have some water for the people who come over to your... I know you probably do. I'm just kidding with you. But you would offer them something to eat. You would offer them a place to sit, hopefully. Maybe you would even move from where you were sitting, the comfy place in the house, and you would allow them to sit there. But in their culture, the first thing that would happen is like, you've got dirty feet. We need to get your feet clean before you enter this house. And Tara said, amen. She's always giving me a hard time about my shoes in the house. So this was a cultural, a cultural thing. And what Jesus sees in this moment are some disciples arguing about who's the greatest, right? And then he also sees, because there was no servants there, dirty feet. Aren't feet the worst? Let's look a little bit further, farther, further into this. And you know what? To be honest with you today, I'm only going to get to verse 5. And we may have to do the rest next week. Is that okay? All right. So look, look at verse 3 to 5. It says this. And so Jesus, Jesus knew that the far... Uh, sorry, I have the, a different translation. I'm going to read from here. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus saw proud hearts and dirty feet. You know what we notice first, and you can write this down, that we notice Jesus is the greatest, right? We all know this, hopefully, today. The greatest one in the room served. He didn't have to argue about greatness, did he? Have you ever noticed that in sports? Hopefully, depending on what sport, is they don't have to argue who the greatest is. You know, my team is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, and they won two Stanley Cups two years in a row. And I never once heard the captain of the Tampa Bay Lightning say, we're the greatest. We are better than everybody. He didn't have to do it. Because why? They were the best. They didn't have to worry about it. How much more so is Jesus? He doesn't have to argue his position. 
He is the best. He is the greatest. The disciples are over here in the corner, right? It'd be like the hockey teams that were like 10th place arguing if they were the greatest or not. It's like, you guys are awful. You didn't win. The greatest one served Jesus. He got up, stopped what he was doing. He maybe was even in the middle of eating, and he put others ahead of himself. He washed the feet of the disciples. And possibly, and most likely, his food even got cold. When was the last time you got up from a meal and served somebody? And let your food get cold because you wanted to bless somebody else. So this was a common courtesy in this culture, right? Up north, we'd take someone's coat. I don't know if you remember this, Pastor Lindsay, but when I was a kid in Canada, we'd have all these people over at the house in the wintertime, and we wouldn't always have enough place for the coat, so that all the coats went in on one bed. Anybody from up north remember that? They all went in on one bed, right? You helped them, you took their coats, like, and you put it somewhere. That's common for our culture. Their culture was to wash these nasty disciples' feet. And listen, back then, there was no pedicures happening. Nothing, Diamond, nothing, no pedicures. No one was taking care of people's feet. The, these were the worst of the worst. That's why I don't wear flip-flops. Tara loves everything from here to my ankle. That's it. Feet, no. She didn't marry me for my feet. I can guarantee you that. And really, it was for a, a servant to do this work. It was kind of hum, a humiliating task. So Jesus sees these proud hearts. And you know what happens? The disciples are like, wait, what's he doing? And you'll read this later. Go home and read this. Wait a second. Jesus, they knew this would have been a normal practice. Wait, Jesus is going to wash our feet? You would be so embarrassed, wouldn't you? If right now I brought you up and like, hey, take your socks off. I'm going to wash your feet today. You're like, oh, I don't know what they're going to look like. No, Jesus, this, isn't your, this is not your job. But Jesus wanted to show them, like, no, 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 you're the son of God. You're the bread of life. You're the living water. You don't wash people's feet. People should be washing your feet. You're the lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world, and now you're going to wash our feet It's like in our culture, the king or the president showing up at their house is like, hey, I came over today. I'm going to wash your feet, Tom Morrow. You're like, what? Obviously, Jesus is greater than all of them, but that would be the only close comparison. He's the true vine. He's the light of the world, the living hope, the living stone, king of glory, prince of peace, the great high priest, righteous judge, 
the chosen one. And he's going to wash our feet. Jesus, is, Jesus wants to teach them something. He's the king of kings. He's washing our feet, the alpha, the omega, our redeemer, our rock, our sanctification, our righteousness. Is this mic on today? And he's going to wash our feet. He told them earlier, I didn't come to serve, or I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Doesn't that flip the script with everything that we understand in our culture and from the beginning of time? Wait a second. Jesus came to serve, not to be served? I think we need to follow this. We, we, listen, we've been, I'm going to go over this in a few weeks, but we've had, um, since November, we, we have had four things that we've been praying for as a church. And we've called it forward in faith. Spelled wrong, but on purpose. Is that okay? You teachers, is that okay? F-O-U-R-W-A-R-D, forward in faith. Is that okay? So the first one we prayed for that we acted on is we wanted to raise money to purchase this building. And so we, our goal was... a. a to do a down payment of 120000 to purchase this building. We've been leasing it for five years. Like, it's time to buy it. And so the goal was to raise um, $60,000. Well, in October, we met it and exceeded that. We raised $90,000. <clears> so that's one thing we've been praying for. Two, we've been praying that people would get saved. They would follow Jesus. Since then, we've, I know of at least 12 people who said yes and followed Jesus. Amen? <laughs> Number three, we've been praying that more people would go to church. We don't care what church it is. We just pray that more people would show up at church in our community. So our average attendance has gone up by 50 people in the last four months. Praise the Lord. And I'm hoping that other churches in our community the same. Number four, and the most important one, we're praying for personal revival and renewal and corporate revival and renewal, not just in our church, but in America. Listen, there has been revivals break out all over the country. Amen? And so my prayer is that it would happen here. Guess how it's going to happen here? That we would begin to serve. I don't mean like in the nursery, which if you could do that, please help. Like they really need it in the three through fifth grades. Um, just a little plug, go serve You're at your church. If this is your church, you should serve. But I mean, what if we started serving people? What if we thought about others rather than ourselves? We would change a community, wouldn't we? We would change a state. We would change a country. We would change the world. And guess who it starts with? Me. Like, well, pastor, I don't have time. You don't have time to help the lady put her water in her cart at Walmart. 
We should have time. What if we just started looking around and see how, Lord, today, show me how I can serve. Because guess what? People are going to see Jesus through you. Amen? He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. Second part today, number two, I can do that. This one's mine. Have you ever said, I can do that? This one's mine. I, I got you. What are this side? Yeah. I know a lot of you do. We have an awesome church full of a lot of good people who serve. Isn't it good? Yes. Notice in this situation that Jesus sees a need. He sees disciples that have been hanging out with him for three years, still having proud hearts, still discussing who's the greatest. And then they've got a physical need. Their feet are dirty. Jesus sees the need and he fills it. I feel like in our culture, we're looking for the big thing, right? Oh, if I could just put that one video online, if it goes viral. What if we made serving go viral and we didn't have to video it? And we didn't have to put it online like, oh, hashtag I serve today. (laughs) What if we just help people? Imagine Jesus there doing a selfie when he's washing the disciples' feet. probably do one foot post it and then like like okay i did it I'm, we're gonna put it in the in the bible it's gonna be awesome people are gonna think i'm the greatest he didn't do that we don't need to worry we don't need to people are like oh what happened what, what are we doing at new hope why is why aren't we serving the community we serve the community like every day we just don't tell everybody about it all the time we just go and do it amen Tara said, you say amen a lot now. I said, it's because no one's saying it out there. So start, you got, can, we, can we try again? Let's do it over this side. There we go. You don't have to, but it's a good idea. But what if we served? I feel like all those little things we do will add up to be big ones. And you know what the big thing will be that it adds up to? That you'll be helping someone meet Jesus. And isn't that our goal? And isn't, wasn't that his goal? The next day he went to the cross. Why? Because humanity was lost without a savior. And he bled and died for you and for me and the person who doesn't know him. Well, Pastor Landon, they don't deserve to be served. Do you deserve heaven? Do you deserve a savior going to the cross for you? There's nothing I can do to earn or deserve my salvation. It's a free gift. It's called grace. And if Jesus can have grace for you and for me, can't we have grace and serve other people? Man, I, <clears throat> I get kind of annoyed at fast food places. Anybody with me on that? when they're not hospitable, right? You go in, you're like, what's going on here? 
So one day I flipped a script. I went to a place near, at Christmas, and they were so not nice. <clears throat> they weren't welcoming. They weren't hospitable. They're just like, I'm just here. And so I, when the lady gave me my food, I gave her a $20 bill, and she just like almost fell over. It's like she got hit with the spirit or something, right? She almost fell over. She's like, why did you do that? I don't know. Shouldn't we serve people even if they don't deserve it? Shouldn't we take care of, because guess what? One day, they're going to be like, there's something different about that person. They must know something I don't know about. And they're going to see it in you because you served them. I remember being in the mall in Sarasota, and there was this elderly lady in a wheelchair. And I'm not saying these stories. These are just the stories I know about because I was there. I was the one doing the thing or whatever. So she's in a wheelchair, and she, one arm she can't really move, and the other arm she's going, I'm not kidding, maybe four inches at a time. And the place she's going is way over there. So I said, ma'am, do you mind if I help you get to where you're going? She, she, it was like I gave her a million dollars. I took her there. It took me a minute and a half. What if we opened our eyes and saw the need, the everyday need around us? What was weird was when we got there, her husband was there. I'm like, dude, help your wife. <laughs> so what I'll say to the guys here, dude. Help your wife. <laughs> so today, or that day, I was the wheelchair guy. I remember before Irma, our, our elderly neighbors, they wanted their windows covered. Well, they couldn't get out and cover the windows, so we went over and we helped cover up their windows. That day, I was a handyman, Right? And so I just said, I can do that. This one's mine. What, if, what are things in your community where you are that you can say, I can do that. I got this. This one's mine. Maybe it's an overflowing garbage can. Man, I remember seeing on the camera uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I don't, we don't always look at the camera, but I was looking at the camera out here at the playground. <clears throat> there was a guy by the name of David Andrews. He's not here today. He's homesick, I think. He sings on the stage. You know him. <clears throat> he was out there picking up trash. And guess what? He didn't do. Selfie. Look, I picked up trash today. Woo. No, he just did it. He saw a need. He said, this one's mine. I got it. What if we did that? Wouldn't our world be an amazing place if we followed the example of Christ and said he saw their dirty feet? And next week we'll learn a little bit more of the background of this, but today we're really just talking about this idea of serving. Maybe your friend comes to you is like, I need help moving. That day, guess what? You're a mover. Right, Looney? You're a mover, man. You're going to help that friend. Or maybe you're like, I don't know if I'm a child care worker. You are today. Someone needs help in the nursery. 
That's you. And it's all about serving with the right attitude. That you get to serve today. You're like, oh, I've got to serve today at church. I've got to be at the doors. I've got to do the coffee. I don't really know if we have a lot of people like that around church. I haven't met many unless I just don't see it. But there's a lot of people who just love to serve at church. And you all are a blessing in the kingdom. And it's all about attitude. Here's the last one. I'll close with this one. Serving is not just what we do. A servant is who we are. Serving is not just what we do. A servant is who we are. Amen? We've got, we've got a special guest here today. And it's someone I look up to a lot. It's Greg Swim. It's Pastor Lindsay's dad. He's here from New Brunswick. Can we, can we make him feel welcome? And I grew up, I grew up at a place getting to go to this camp. Uh, and uh, Greg and his wife Emily and Lindsay and her brother, they directed this place for a long time. And you know what? They were true servants. They never ever said, look at what we did. And they got to see hundreds and hundreds and possibly thousands of kids from the age of six to teenagers follow Jesus because they said, yes, we've got this. This one's me. And a lot of times it was literally shoving or shoveling horse manure or fixing something. But because of people like that, because of people like you, those who were destined for an eternity in hell, an eternity without Christ, now their trajectory has changed and now their life is full and they know Jesus. Because people who said, yes, I'm not just serving for this little period of time and now I'm going to retire from serving now that I'm 50. It's time to retire. No, no. As Christ followers, we are servants. That's who we are. We are servants to people around us. I remember in the hospital, uh, we... I don't remember, we really don't remember any of the other names of the nurses. Nurses are awesome. Can we give it up for nurses? We got one right here. Any other nurses? We got, yes. Anybody else who's a nurse? Man, we got, thank you guys. So we were in the hospital having our third child. Her name is Hattie River. She's at the back with Tara. She's here today. Um, And we had this amazing nurse. Her name was Savannah. And all the other nurses were great, but this one was just a true servant and just did what she could do to serve Tara, serve the the baby. And you know what? It came back to her. 
Tara showed up a few days later with a card, a gift card, and she wanted to bless her. Do you know that we don't serve to be blessed, but when we serve, we're blessed? Amen? That it's just going to come back around. Someone's like, I wouldn't have thought about doing that. Listen, bless people who serve you too. Amen? If you're out at a restaurant, Christians, we should be the best tippers in the place. We should make it easy for that server when they're at the table with us. Amen? Yeah, we got one. Listen, even if they're having a bad day, even if the food was cold, we can show them Jesus through our actions. Amen? We don't need to reciprocate what they were like. We don't need to reciprocate what the restaurant was like. We can bless their socks off in Jesus' name. Amen? Because we are not just server, serving, we are servants always. And that's the group of people I want to surround myself with are people who say, I will serve no matter what. I remember yesterday, Mark, Cheryl, and uh, Greg were here serving in the hot sun. We had a pastor's lunch here yesterday. And you know what? They never complained. They smiled because guess what? They're servants. They wanted to serve people. Amen. I believe that when we serve others, God changes something. Do you ever notice that? That when we serve, God changes lives. And you know what I've noticed? That when I serve, God changes my life first. Like, Pastor Lynn, I don't have time to serve people. I don't have time to, I, I gotta work on myself. You know what? God's gonna work on you while you serve. He's gonna take care of you while you serve. He's gonna teach you some things. He's gonna show you some things while you serve. So today is the day we make a difference. When we wake up, we say, God, how can I be more like you? How can I wash some disciples' feet? Do you think the disciples were deserving of their feet to be washed? Like, who's the greatest? And then Jesus, who is the greatest, stood up, stopped what he was doing, put on some stuff so he didn't get dirty himself, bent his knee, and started washing the disciples' feet. What have we been putting off that we should be doing in God's kingdom? Maybe it is at church. It doesn't have to be at church. There's so much more to life than just a Sunday morning serving, which is great. Serve Sunday morning. We need you. But we need to be out in the world serving people. Maybe you're a prayer warrior. That's a way you can serve. Pray for people. Get to know people. Pray for them. Maybe you're a teacher, a handyman. You work at the bank. Serve, 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 serve. Matthew 23, 11 to 12 says, The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. 
You know, a few weeks ago, someone in our church saw someone come in and, and lately church has gotten a little busier and they gave up their seat for them. And during the altar time where I gave a, a word and said, hey, if you want to follow Jesus today, would you raise your hand? The person who took that seat that someone gave up for them and served said, yes, I want to follow Jesus. What if we gave up our seat? What if we washed someone's feet? What if when I was leaving Walmart two days ago, there was a guy who was at the red light, the hatch of his vehicle was open, the groceries were literally falling out the back. I put my car in park, I ran over, and he was like closing his door because the thing was beeping. He thought it was his regular, like his, his door. And I like ran, hey, and I'm moving his Oreos into the car, I'm closing the hatch, and guess what? He came and gave me like a big hug. It doesn't take long to serve somebody to make a difference, does it? Now, I wouldn't suggest it because I almost did get hit by a car. Um, serve somebody. Want to change your marriage? Serve your spouse. Want to change some friends? Serve your friends. Want meaning in life? Serve. Want to make a difference in the world? Serve. Want to glorify Jesus? Serve. What are we going to do? Mark 10, 45, let's stand before we go today. Mark 10, 45 says this, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to serve, we're here to serve. What if that was our attitude? We wouldn't have enough room to fill. We wouldn't have enough room to keep people here at church. We'd have to have a second service. And you're like, oh, Pastor Landon, I don't want a second service. Serve. Be okay with that, having a second service. That's the attitude of service. Why is our culture so set on me, me, me? Even the church. I've, I've, I've met people in public, ah, I just can't find a church that serves me. I just can't find a church that, that, uh, that fills like what I need and what my family's needs are. Aren't we looking about at church the wrong way? Shouldn't we flip that and say, oh yeah, I can go serve at a church somewhere. Because guess what's going to happen? I've been talking about it for a few weeks. There's a revolution that happens. You serve, you then guess what? I'm sure someone's going to serve you. Then you serve again, and it keeps going and going and going. Well, that church doesn't serve my needs. Well, I don't think any church is going to fill your needs then. Time to serve. Can we close our eyes for a moment today? I have two questions for you today. Number one, will you Serve. I don't mean I don't mean at New Hope Church. In general, will you serve? Number two. If there's anybody in the room that says I want to follow Jesus, 
I see that I, there's a Savior named Jesus. He came to forgive me of my sin. He came that I may have life and life to the full, the Bible says. He came that I would have salvation. I would be saved. I would have eternity with him. I want to make a commitment to follow him today and make him Lord of my life. Is there anybody in the room today? Just with your arm, your hands, say, that's me. I want to follow Jesus today. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anyone else say, I want to follow Jesus. I love what the scripture says. It says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10 says, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So today, if you want to make that commitment, that's all you do is you declare that Jesus is Lord. Say, Lord, I want to make you king of my heart, king of my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow you. Fill me with your spirit so I can have the power in me that raised you from the dead. In Jesus' name. That's it. And I want to give you the opportunity. I know that, I know that Mark and Cheryl and Pastor Mark are available. They'll, they'll come up. We would love to pray for you today. So maybe you, you have a prayer request. We believe that you shouldn't leave church and have your uh, not have your a prayer. So if you want to come forward when I close today, you're welcome to. Maybe you say, I want to, I want to make a commitment to Jesus. I want to follow him. I want someone to, to talk about. If you do, we have a book for you. Um, you can come and get that from them. And we want to bless you today. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we can have salvation in you. Lord, that that you came to show us the greatest leader is the greatest server. Lord, let us serve you and serve others. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen.